this is an ambush show where we blindside the guys from goodbed.com because we heard a rumor and you better believe we'd confronted them about it. Heck yeah, we did. But first, let's talk about Nationwide. Nationwide, Quinn, digital marketing experts. And this is an important point because if you go out and you try to get your business online and have that digital visibility, a lot of times you're hiring people that don't know your category. You don't. So that's the thing, right? So if you go out and you want to bring new uh, skills to your business, especially in the digital space, everyone's doing business online. A lot of people aren't going out to shop. The cool thing about Nationwide is you can go out and you can find a guy to do a website or help you with an email campaign or social media um, investments and being able to track all that. Or uh, and, and you don't know, like a lot of guys pretend that they're better than they are and they try to sell you stuff you don't need. The cool thing about Nationwide, if you're a member, their interest is to make sure that you are taken care of well. So they are looking after you the whole time. They're super smart. Their team is incredible. And the product they put out and the solutions they offer are top notch. So you got to check that out. It's a great value add for any Nationwide member. You look at some of their sites, talk to their people. They'll show you the way. They know what they're doing. Hey, Quinn, whenever it's important, how do I get a hold of you? I text you because you I do. know that you're going to read that text. And every once in a while, I get a message that says I'm driving. I'm really proud of you for that, by the way. Thank you. Thank but you. But if it's important, you text, you text with your friends, you text with your family. Messages that are text sent by text get through. And Podium knows that. And that's why they created the ultimate messaging platform. And texting has really kind of risen to the top as this super important method of communication for salespeople. And if your salespeople are texting with their customers, it's like they're talking to a friend. And so you got to check out podium.com forward slash dose. And the, the other relieving thing about it is all of your messaging from all of these different platforms, Facebook, from email, from text, all in one stream, all in one easy to manage dashboard, still get 10% off by the way, podium.com forward slash dose. Dose Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. Uno, dos, tequila! Welcome aboard. Here's your passport to a planet filled with the mattress industry's brightest minds and biggest ideas. Meet your guides. I'm Mark Kinsley, president and CEO of Englander. And I'm Mark Quinn, co-founder of Spink & Co. and VP of Sherwood Betting. Together, they are Dos Marcos. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. I just want to put an exclamation point on that last piece of audio, the Galaxy's Greatest Mattress Podcast. I just want that set in stone right here, right now, because we brought on Jeff Cassidy and Mike Magnuson from GoodBed.com. This is a confrontation. Like this is We're right meeting now. in the schoolyard because we heard a dirty rumor that you guys are rolling out a mattress podcast. Really? Hell real? yeah, that's totally true. That's totally true. But in our defense... We someone brought to our attention that there was already a, a mattress podcast out there claiming that they're the galaxy's greatest. So we listened to it. You wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe this podcast. I mean, how ridiculously bad it is. So we were like, this is crazy. These guys have no challengers. We could do so much better. So that's what really I mean, it was really just to shut these two these two jokers up that we that we decided to start one. 
I, I think it's very, very important to point something out to you. We had an astronaut on our show. His name is Chris Cassidy, who has literally been to the space station on two separate occasions. He's lived there for a year of his life. We asked him on the show, have you ever once traveling in space come across a better mattress podcast? You know what he said? No. I so, believe yeah, it. I believe what it, validation it do you need? And Jeff, it's your brother, my man. Yeah. Yeah, he's my brother, and he called me after that, and he was like, dude, you got to start another Mattress podcast because I was on the only one, and I couldn't lie. I had to tell them it was the best one because it's the only one I listened to. So can you please start one? Even if you I mean, just my f- vomit into the, into the mic, it's going to be better than that garbage. <laughs> no, that stuff hurts. I just want you to know. That's hurtful. Quinn's sensitive, I've- you guys. My favorite part of this, this episode so far is watching you guys just bop around to the sound of your own theme intro. It's like watching two guys like smelling their own farts, just like <laughs> drinking it in, like loving it. I mean, oh, gosh, this is what qualifies as entertainment in this industry so far. Cassidy and I have a green field, just an open green field here to come into here. All right, we're yeah, going well, we're, to we're talk more about this hack job routine that's that's gonna i don't even know where people can find it uh definitely <laughs> you know people have come, people have come, to, come right. to us for years and said hey man i really want to start a podcast what should i do and nobody's actually done it like nobody's taken any advice i've given <laughs> after they've come to me so it's either really awful advice or people aren't willing to do it so i i will believe it when i see it but first we got something we got to get to brand new segment on the show it's all about driving foot traffic Are you ready to drive more foot traffic? You bet I am. Hey, Mike Magnuson, you guys at GoodBed have what I think is a really cool foot traffic driving idea, and it's the local discovery program. Did I get that right, LDP? You got it right. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, we created a new program because uh, we know that Mattress shoppers are hard to find, right? In market shoppers. We've talked about it many times, but we also know that focusing your ad dollars on finding them and targeting them effectively has been critical to the success of online retailers as a as a whole. And so we wanted to create a way for brick and mortar retailers to target in market shoppers on goodbed.com. And so we created this program. We call it the local discovery program. And essentially it, it works in several ways, but the premise is that we will highlight your stores in context to people while they're shopping on GoodBed in various ways and depending on the content that they're looking at at that time. So for example, they're looking for stores in their area or they're looking to research your store specifically or they're researching brands that you carry or they're taking the GoodBed quiz for that matter. Um, We're able to highlight your stores in context and we're able to provide them with critical details about your stores that meet kind of key shopper considerations, including things like your current sales and promotions, which are obviously super relevant to anyone who's in the market right now. So that's kind of the premise. And, it, and it's worth noting that because GoodBed serves both online shoppers and local shoppers, it's actually one of the few ways that brick and mortar retailers can actually reach people who are in market, but might not otherwise be inclined to ever go to a physical store during their shopping journey. So we think it's a really powerful program and and there's a lot of kind of nuances to it. Another another element that it also includes is the ability to utilize GoodBed video content on your website. So 
We've got a lot of facets of this program. It's all been built with direct input from retailers who have kind of come to us asking for these types of things. So we're, we're really excited to roll it out in the coming weeks and months. And you have some examples of the ROI from dealers who have hopped on board. That's correct. Yeah, we can we can actually measure ROI based on some uh, past work we've done in terms of uh, our quiz. And just from the quiz alone, we can already trace a 15x ROI to this program uh, based on how we've priced it, which is at $39 per store per month. So we really think we're, we're kind of trying to position this and price it in such a way that it's a no brainer for any retailer to, to be part of this. That's actually less than a chainsaw, for instance. It is, yes, which is which is kind of a common metric people use when they're pricing well, online. People always use cup of coffee, but that doesn't yeah. work here. So I, I I just picked anything arbitrary, and it's true. Yeah. It's less than a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. It is true. I love it for our foot tra- our first ever foot traffic driving segment because the customer journey so often starts online, and if they do start online, you want to have a chance at driving them into your store and people can find out more information. How guys? Uh, reach out to us at goodbed.com. Uh, Jeff at goodbed.com is the best way. Uh, you can also hit me up at Mike at goodbed.com. Brought to you by door counts. The only known treatment for traffic blindness. No, the UPS guy didn't come into your store five times today. Those were customers and you have no idea what happened to them. Door Counts is the cure for traffic blindness. Increase conversions, boost sales, and make customers happy. Visit doorcounts.com today. Quinn, how are you sleeping, man? Sleeping well, actually. Um, I've been experimenting a little bit with melatonin after our live read of that Atlantic article, and I'm kind of impressed with it, but I try not to take too much, but I'm sleeping pretty good. How about you? Yeah, actually really, really good. I had, a, I had some tooth pain, had to get a crown replaced. You know, the crown cracks, you got to get it replaced. Uh, and it was waking me up in the middle of the night. But outside of that, man, sleeping all the way through the night, and I have been for weeks now. You know, I've talked to so many people that have, have really adjusted their kind of biological needs because of COVID. They're falling asleep, ho- hopefully at a bedtime, but they're getting more sleep. Talked to lots of my friends who have lost weight. Um, you know, and this is an important topic for us because we, we want to make sure that if you're working in this business, you're super educated about sleep because if we can connect sleep to the products we sell, it's a much more emotional and meaningful conversation. And I love how Matt man puts it. He says, you get once a decade, it's a once a decade chance. When somebody comes in to buy a mattress, you can send them away with a a whole host of ideas and knowledge they can apply to get better sleep and really improve their lives. It's time to become a sleep superhero. So with that mission in mind, today's sleep tip is all about the dangers of Benadryl. I actually, I texted this, my friend Carter, who lives in New York City. He's like, every night I'm taking melatonin and Benadryl. So I come across this sleep tip. This is one that you can use on the sales floor. Lots of people get runny noses and take Benadryl or other histamine blockers. They make you feel sleepy. One thing leads to another. And the next thing you know, after struggling to sleep, you're taking a Benadryl cocktail every night to help you fall asleep. Stop immediately. A 2015 study published in the Journal of American Medical Association concluded using these anti-cholinergic medications long-term 
increased your risk of developing dementia. Ooh. Yeah. Good no, to know. That's a good sleep tip. No I didn't bueno. know that. It's more of a life tip. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. You know, I think we should talk a little bit as we start. You guys, first of all, of course, we're all joking, right? I, I'm so excited that you two, and Kinsey and I have talked about this, are doing a podcast because, um, Mike, anytime you're featured at a live event, um, people uh, flock to your sessions and the content is fantastic. Bras end um, up on stage. Know, what's that? Bras end up on stage, roses. Bra- the bras and panties and phone numbers. Um, but you know, it, it's funny because our relationship goes back. You you were just getting started in the industry, and in you, you were pretty early on. And Kinsley and I came to know you, and then later Jeff. But we've we've been hanging out with you guys. Uh, we, we have a tradition at Market, uh, and and dare I say, we've become pretty dang good friends over the years. And so it just it's so perfect. What's that? I may dare. Okay, you may dare. Right, that. Good. I don't want to overstep. Yeah. But no. yeah, we anyway, have a tradition. So we we, have might, a tradition even, of, we might even agree with you. We do have a tradition <laughs> at market, and uh, Quinn used to be a part of that tradition, which was awesome back in the day. Until I had a customer one freaking time. Okay, no, and three times. Every freaking time. Three times. Every time. You know, you know, yeah. when you have customers, you have to make them the the most important thing in your universe. So that's the only reason I would bag you people. But anyway, I'm glad you guys are doing this, and it's going to be part of the Dos Marcos universe. And you're putting out, you're going to be putting out some incredible content. So tell us a little bit about the idea behind it, what you guys are going to be talking about. Yeah, I mean, well, thank you for the kind words, and of course, uh, yeah, we we uh, we love what you guys do. Uh, it's it's been a great service to the industry, being completely genuine. Um, and so we thought that uh, maybe there's an opportunity that we could bring something new and different to to the space. We we do uh, in general. I think we sit at a very unique vantage point in the industry in that we interface directly with. Uh, a wide array of consumers, as we talked about, both people shopping online as well as people shopping in local stores. So we really cover kind of the full spectrum of consumers in that respect. We interface with, again, a wide range of, of, of retailers, again, the online retailers as well as brick and mortar retailers. And same thing with manufacturers. We really interface with all of them. So we sit kind of at the crosshairs of really the three key constituencies of this industry. And that gives us a very unique vantage point on what's happening and what uh, people, uh, particularly what's happening. It kind of starts with the consumer journey and how that's changing. And we get a lot of data, uh, both kind of very quantifiable data, as well as more kind of qualified data, you know, empirical data that we just sort of collect through conversations that we're interacting with uh, our customers. And then uh, we're able to sort of consolidate that. And that's been kind of a, a, a key feature of a lot of the talks I've given that you referenced is, is like sharing that input, uh, information about the consumer journey. But there's just so much more information we have about that than we're really able to share at these kind of once a year type of events. So I thought, you know, there's an opportunity here and, and we can this allows us also to go in greater depth when we talk about these things. You know, we're, we're not just going to skip across the top of the data, we can actually dive deep and talk about what we think are some of the things that retailers and manufacturers should be doing with these insights. You know, what, what, how do we interpret this? What would we be doing if we were in their shoes? And we're just going to tell you what we think. 
and um, and be just honest with you. And this is what we think you should be doing and, and not pull any punches. And, you know, I think that's there's a this is a good forum for that. You know, we're, we're going to we're going to really uh, share these insights about the consumer journey and then translate them into what we think that the companies can be doing to take advantage of those. Every time I've heard you on stage, Mike, you, you do you give great speeches uh, that are full of substance, actionable takeaways, real insights instead of kind of high level pie in the sky stuff. And I, I've always enjoyed just as a audience member hearing what you had to say. And I think just, you just nailed it. There's always so much more. I have so many more questions. I want more detail right around some of these subject subjects that you present. I want your analysis. So I'm excited to listen to your podcast uh, for some of that. Give us, give us a little bit of flavor, like some of the more specifics about topics um, that might be meaningful to retailers. Yeah. So in season one, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how COVID has changed the consumer journey. Uh, that's something that we've touched on in some of the past talks I've given that not everyone's had the ability to attend, but we're also going to go deeper on some of that data and some of the key takeaways from that. Um, we're going to talk about, um, and Jeff jump in if you're remembering ones that I'm, I'm forgetting, but we're going to talk about, um, this, this age old question of is retail dead, you know, and, and, it, uh, or is it walking dead kind of thing? And, and of course the answer, uh, to spoiler alert is, is no, but the, but the more nuanced answer, I think where there's, where there is, uh, a lot of interesting meat to discuss is, well, it's not, but that's provided that retail adapts in the following ways to what's changing. And so that's where we can, we really dive deep in, in, in that topic. Um, we Jeff, also what go are some other topics. We also go a little bit more in depth in some of the things that you've hit on in a couple of betting conference talks, such as some of the existential uh, threats to the industry. So you hit on a bunch of those recently in a talk, and that um, got a lot of great reaction. So it's going to be good to get into a little bit more detail and um, cover more stuff that you weren't didn't have time to cover in in that conference. And it's also a little fun. I mean, anytime something happens in the industry, Mike and I uh, obviously discuss it. And we thought it would also be fun when something came up to do that kind of live on camera on the fly so people could just sort of see internally at Goodbed when when we're having a conversation about something and, and forming opinions, um, which aren't always the same, often the same, Mike and myself, but not always. So we thought it'd be fun to kind of capture that and just do it into the microphone. So that's another uh, fun thing that we're trying out. Yeah. So, we, so Jeff, one of those came up uh, already that we, we, we've already captured on, on some, uh, on, on a podcast magic. So, so you do, you duked it out. In other words, we did. We oh, duked yeah. it out. All right. He is the Good. boss. So he always wins. But. <laughs> hey, hey Jeff, you know, you, you talk to a lot of customers out there and you're in a direct line of communication with people. What are you hearing right now? Like what are, what are people sharing with you on the brick and mortar side? Uh, what are the concerns? Uh, and just give me maybe a, one of the biggest concerns and maybe one of the biggest opportunities that you see for them. Well, one thing that's great is I think um, we're hearing a lot more from retailers who have never reached out before. Um, so obviously we can't keep up with everybody proactively ourselves. Um, and it's happened several times recently where uh, retailers who have never really, not only not 
uh, worked with Goodbed, but hadn't really had much of an online program, have reached out and wanted to engage with Goodbed and wanted to engage with building a profile and getting more out of it. But also that was part of this kind of first step into digital where it was coming from the leadership of those retailers saying, wow, this is really important. Like we have always followed a traditional path and now it's, it's critical that we do more online. So such things such as hiring somebody, a digital person that they never had that position before. And they hire that digital person to say, please help us figure that out. So that kind of digital concern and how do we tackle this? What are some opportunities for us to be quote unquote better at digital um, and, and investing money in, in doing that? So you know, Jeff- that concern and, and taking action, that's something that, that, I was pretty fired up. I am pretty fired up about to see happen. I'm excited for you guys to tackle that topic in and of itself because I think in our industry, there's an extreme disservice from the chorus of people that say you need to get online because there, there, there are mistakes or maybe there are um, misinterpretations, would be a better word, of what it means to get online and establish a more robust digital presence. You know, A lot of people think that means I need to be selling my mattresses online direct to consumer. Well, as an independent retailer or a regional retailer, maybe that doesn't play to your strengths or the advantages you have in your marketplace. So what does uh, your online visibility need to look like? How do you get in front of in-market shoppers in your area who do want to touch and feel and see? And so that topic alone, I think, has lots of legs and there's lots of nuance there. And like you said at the beginning, Mike, you you guys have a unique vantage point where you see this nexus of online and in-store and kind of where things are, are moving. So that I think is going to be a, be a great hundred percent. And, and we can see best practices too, across these various channels within the various channels, what's working better than others. So we, we can really share insights from, from all that, but you're a hundred percent right that there are, there are some uh, things that are become like maxims in the industry. Oh, you got to get online that when you're skipping across the top surface of a topic, Maybe that's all you take away from it, and then you end up implementing it in a way that really isn't the most effective way to implement it. And so we definitely want to take advantage of the opportunity to dive deeper into these topics because that's a perfect example where there's so much nuance, and, and we've we've got some really clear uh, opinions on how you should go about that and what's the what are the things to focus on or, or what are the ways to, to, to consider what to focus on. I think it's also important to, to know how this fits into kind of a broader context of, of GoodBet itself. So up until recently, we've kind of been a platform completely independent, trying to cover everything, trying to be a place where any, um, any, any retailer could have a profile. We would try to have information about everybody and try our best to just keep up with everything, but not influence anything per se proactively. Um, what we've seen in the industry is kind of the traditional side of the industry and independent retailers in particular kind of under attack on multiple fronts. And we see ourselves kind of in the same boat with them and also realizing, hey, we have this powerful platform that we're trying kind of impossibly to keep up with every single retailer equally. We need to focus and we also need to help independent retailers more. So those we can we can do both of those things. We can focus on independent more on independent retailers, get them much more value out of Goodbed, 
and in the process of that also deliver a more valuable uh, and better experience for our users. So it's kind of in this, this critical that exit, we talked about existential threats, those apply to GoodBet as well. So these changes of us trying to help independent retailers more are also us trying to take a, a more proactive direction with, with GoodBet in the platform that we have. What are you guys seeing? I mean, talk about those threats. I mean, if we were going to get into some of the nitty gritty and say, hey, you as a retailer, us in the mattress industry as a whole, are facing these threats. I've heard you talk about cheap Amazon mattresses and some of those threats in the past. What are they today? Well, the threats are the same. It's just the, the question of like how they're evolving and which ones are sort of taking center stage at any given point in time. But yeah, the threats, I'd still say that ultra cheap mattresses are the biggest existential threat to the industry with Amazon being um, a separate uh, and distinct threat of its own that sort of follows right behind that, uh, even though they are uh, the biggest purveyor of those ultra cheap mattresses. They're a separate and distinct threat just based on the way their platform is designed. So we that is one of the things that we cover in one of the, uh, we're going to cover in our first season here is is why we think that, what are the, some of the um, more more specifics behind that. But then one of the threats that we've also talked about is is review sites, which are a threat. That's, I think, more what Jeff was touching on is that in the last year, particularly during COVID, review sites have become a really potent threat to uh, independent retailers or just mattress, brick and mortar mattress retailers in general, um, because of the fact that more and more of the consumer journey has moved online and not just uh, the beginning of the journey, like people starting online, but more and more of the entire decision is happening online. I mean, uh, in the, there was a recent study that the Better Sleep Council put out where like a, a big chunk of people who ended up buying in a physical store actually reported that their entire journey happened online. So one of the key takeaways we had from that was, well, clearly it didn't happen entirely online. If you went into a physical store, <laughs> then that was part of your journey and you, you tested and compared and whatever. That was, in our view, that's a major step in the journey, but in their mind, the entire journey happened online. So that last step was something that they viewed as just kind of a perfunctory last step. And the point being that simply more and more of the decision is happening online. And if you're not found online as a local retailer, then you don't even have a chance at that customer. You don't even have a chance of getting that perfunctory last step that store visit that ultimately leads to a sale because you weren't part of their decision journey at all. And so where this third threat of review sites comes in is that they, their only specialty, their only skill really is gaming uh, Google, tricking Google into appearing like they're a credible, trustworthy resource. That's their only, well, and tricking consumers too, I guess is part of their skill set. But they have no knowledge of real knowledge of mattresses, per se. Uh, and they actually provide a lot of what we believe to be very misleading information about mattresses. So on but, that note, Mike, go ahead. Show, I thought you were done. Well, but just, just, just to close the thought, they are, by virtue of their skill set in showing up highly in Google, they're preventing local retailers from showing up in Google. And therefore, they're preventing them from being found at all and being part of that decision journey. What I don't get, 
about the review sites is, and maybe you can, I don't know if there's a quick answer to it, but I, I just don't understand how like early on in internet marketing, like there were some very strict rules, even as influencers started getting in the game. If you're going to make a post on a product and it's a sponsored post, you have to be very clear, right? So internet law, essentially in terms of how you handle that. Why is it that the review sites are so able to present themselves in a very dishonest way as a unbiased source of information. And so they may have to have a disclaimer, but it feels like to me that like it's so small and you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand why that the, the law has not caught up to those guys yet. I don't think it's it, not it's just our industry. Of, it's not. Although I, I, I ask people in other industries, anytime I have the opportunity to talk to someone who's, got on the ground familiarity with this type of thing in another industry, I'm always looking to compare notes and see like how this industry compares to others. And from every data point I've ever gotten, we, we find ourselves in the, the, the lovely position of being on the leading edge of spamminess as it relates to this uh, type of activity. We're, we're really, we've attracted the best of the best of spammers, it seems. Um, so so I don't know that other industries have it quite as bad as we do. However, um, I don't think it's a matter of the law needing to keep up with this. It's more of the enforcement of the law. I think the law is pretty clear. The FTC has I actually attended a session uh, a few years ago. Some players in the mattress industry, like this would be seven years ago, maybe. some A few players got in trouble with some claims they were making um, about their products with the FTC. And so one of the industry groups brought in a guy from the FTC to speak at Vegas Market. And I attended that session because it was, was super informative to hear, like, what what are the rules? And this is long before we had this problem, uh, at least uh, with anywhere near the kind of acuteness we have today of review sites. But he was really clear that, like, the the rules are that you have to disclose things if, if, it, if it would be relevant to the average person in making their decision or in value or in evaluating the information that's on the page. If they would find this, this background thing that you would be disclosing relevant, then you have to disclose it prominently. And depending on how relevant they think it is, is like how prominent it needs to be. Like, so if it's like super relevant, it needs to be super prominent. Like this is kind of how he explained the rules. So I don't think the rules are at fault. I think it's just that the enforcement of those rules has been completely lax. And as a result, people have been getting away with a lot. And I, I kind of frankly think that the FTC has been sort of asleep at the wheel as it relates to this. And maybe it's because they're cooking up you know, uh, antitrust cases, uh, against Facebook and, 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 and things like that. They got bigger fish to fry, but nonetheless, it's, it's, uh, we're in a situation where we really could use some refereeing, um, is what we really need. What are some examples of the information that would be highly relevant to the consumer that should be displayed more prominently? So, so in my mind, one thing that comes, uh, immediately to the forefront is, the compensation for certain mattresses on a site. Because if you know, if you go to a, a website and it says the five best mattresses for side sleepers, um, we we know that any best mattress list is a red flag in and of itself. But be, beyond that, it seems to me that the one the you know, if if you just went down the list and from one to five, 
number one is compensated more highly and it goes down two, three, four, and five. That to me is a, as a consumer who's trying to navigate a confusing process would seem relevant. Is that one is of the relevant. things that you should put on, on the list? What else goes on there? Yeah, well, I mean, one that would be at the very top of the list to me would be corporate ties. I mean, for example, if you're a review site um, and you're, you know, the owner of your company is also invested in a mattress brand, you know, that's that's something that would be really relevant to me as a consumer. Like you're going to say uh, that you're going to tell me that the best mattresses and, and, and you've got corporate ties to some or, you know, one or more of these brands. Well, that certainly seems like something that should be like in big flashing red letters. And this is not happening today. That's not happening today. That's not happening today. Um, you know, it, there was a time where uh, one one player had loaned money to another player to acquire a review site. Um, you know, that was disclosed for a period of time. Uh, but then as soon as the loan was repaid, that was, it was the disclosure was removed. Okay. So in my mind though, that's still relevant, right? That's still extremely relevant. If, if, if this is a, if I'm reading information from a website that had close enough ties to one of the key players in the industry to borrow what in turned out to be millions of dollars uh, in order to acquire another review site, even though I've repaid that loan, those ties still seem really relevant to me as a consumer. Like I'd want to know that that's a very close, cozy relationship. So these are things that I think should have been disclosed far more prominently than they were. And for far longer, there's, there's lots of examples of these. And so, you know, that, that I would put probably at the very top of the list. And, um, you know, so there, there are, there are a number of examples. So Jeff, question for you, buddy, um, with the retailers, it seems to me like if I owned a store and the review sites were doing damage and, and acting in bad faith, really, um, on, online, how many of the retailers understand, like, is it a lot? Is it a little, like really understand the damage that those guys do? And then how many of those retailers have any or make any effort to educate consumers in their market to beware of those guys in the shopping phase to just as an education piece for the consumer as they're shopping in, 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 in the discovery phase of the purchase. I would, to the first part, I would say um, the good thing is more retailers are becoming aware. Um, I would say for me, the first time I, I started hearing about it was after Mike gave his talk where he talked about um, the, the review sites um, but so some people are starting to become more aware of it, but I'd say it's, it's more the exception rather than the rule right now. Um, but, but they, they are, oops, sorry, they, they are starting to, um, become more aware. What I think of, of one level beyond not being found because of those review sites is all right. If somebody finds you now, you have to make sure that what you're offering online is convincing to them and helpful to them. So, for example, there's other brands, online brands are excellent at, at reviews. So the, the consumer is seeing thousands of excellent reviews for an online brand. When they're going to shop with a local retailer, they're seeing reviews of the retailer and they're seeing reviews of whatever product is sold through that retailer. In both of those cases, those uh, quantity and quality of those reviews is very bad 
compared to the online brands. So even if they're being found, what they're presenting is an image that doesn't really reflect the quality of what they offer to the consumer. So that's a huge area where we can also help, but that's something that um, people aren't, aren't, aren't not yet doing enough on. So that's store reviews and product reviews for traditional brands. Um, and that's something that, that we'll also get into more on the podcast. It's something that, that we are excited to help people with. Yeah, that's a major yeah, that's, issue. That's a major issue for traditional brands who offer incredible quality, who have retailers that know how to service the customer that serve their communities, but don't get put into the consideration set just because of some stars and some customer feedback. But that's mm-hmm. the world in which we live. And, and hey, I can't think of two better guys to tackle those topics and much more on the new podcast and say, here's the deal. You subscribe to our podcast and we'll tell you when Mike and Jeff and the gang from good bed is going to go live with their new podcast. And, uh, I mean, are we so- announcing the name of that yet? Or is that like a secret? Do you want to say it, Magnuson? Is there a big the reveal? Po- the new podcast is called Mike it up. Mike it up. <laughs> Mike it up. I love it. I love it. And, and, you know, based on what we've gone through today, my listenership it's still maybe like you guys haven't fully convinced me yet, but well, here's my, here's my question. How much of your show will be committed to talking about how great this show is? I'm just curious, like 10, 20%, 35%, uh, 35% will be spent <laughs> trashing this show. And then 5% will be spent talking about how great it is. So, hmm. so right. negative 30% we'll take five. on how great it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned. Hey, guys, thanks for jumping in uh, with us today. We're excited about your show. Like I said earlier, always have loved your talks, and it always has led to more questions in my mind, and this will be a great deep dive. And uh, you guys are, are awesome with your service to the mattress industry and beyond, and I I genuinely am truly excited for your show. I'm going to be the first listener, and uh, we've got more announcements even beyond this about kind of this new and wonderful world that we're creating. And uh, we're excited to be a part of it with you guys. Looking forward Thank to it as well, guys. Thanks, thanks for, for having us on. And thanks for what you guys do. Break a leg, boys. You can bounce on it. What is a high it's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate, <laughs> hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it, hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch, we add ourselves together and we take it up a notch, got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get, visco foam alone to make you drip sweat, get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest, cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest, you know the game, we're ahead of the sun, cause the two of us together are way better than one, cause I'm cool as ice, and I'm hot like like a heater, bounce by the ounce. Now we got it by the leader. Well, you take a spring and you wrap it up right. You can sleep so smooth, the bounce all night. Yeah. 